In May 2011, two high school friends and self-identifying film buffs saw the movie Thor together in theaters. These men promptly went their separate ways and mysteriously didn't communicate for a decade. Today, still obsessed with movies, they reunite as podcasters of fortune with a mission to tackle the movies and debates they missed out on for 10 years. On this podcast, they are always... Catching up. Aaron, they say good things come in threes. Is that the truth? We'll find out. Uh, welcome to episode three of yeah. Catching Up with Aaron and Daniel. Can you believe it? We've done three of these now. Yeah, but we're, you're going to get twice the content in this episode. Yes, it's a, it's a double feature today. We'll be dis- which, which one would you like to discuss first? Well, uh, we'll be going back to June 2011 for All today's right. episode. Um, uh, we, we don't have to do it necessarily in chronological order. We could, we could start out bad and uh, get, get into the, the, the better film. <laughs> so we're starting with Super 8 and then going to Green no, Lantern? No, no, all the way around. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, we're talking about Super 8, by J. J. Ab- directed by J.J. Abrams, and uh, Green Lantern, uh, directed by Martin Campbell. And starring Ryan Reynolds. You absolutely blew my mind yeah. on the last podcast when you told me the other films that, like, because I didn't know that Martin Campbell directed this. So when you were like, oh yeah, <laughs> directed uh, GoldenEye and also uh, Casino Royale, which is my favorite James Bond yeah. film. And then, and then this, just craziness, absolute yeah. craziness. So before we get into all that, let's again let's do a little bit of personal catching up. Okay. So I think we haven't done a really good job on the first two episodes of maybe like sharing what our, like our personal tastes are to get give give people like a barometer. I I think that they're gonna get that through listening to this podcast. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, at at the end of the day, I think that uh, that I have a pretty decent taste in films, um, and just when when it comes to it, I I do like you know. B movies and things like that, but when it comes to big budget things, you know, like the Michael Bay Transformers films, yeah, those I don't necessarily like, and I feel like films like that tend to go towards the lowest common denominator. Okay, while I enjoy films, um, Bruce Campbell films, or like. Mm-hmm. horror films in that in that vein I'm a big fan of where you know what you're getting into and it's not trying to be more than it's supposed to be so and then I also just really like classic films as well I'm a big fan of I talked about it on the last one with uh, the Rocky film like that's Rocky is my favorite of, of that of that uh, franchise know a lot of other people it's rocky four just because of the soundtrack but i'm just a big uh I, is that cinephile is that yeah that's, that's a term cinephile movie buff um movie I, geek whatever yeah. i mean so like if if you were to get like your mount rushmore of movies that the, that you think best describe not, not your four favorite movies um, or, but your four movies that like this is aaron corhost corhost it's Cohurst, by the way. Um, like, what are the four movies that like make up your DNA? Oh man, that's a that's a tough question. Since 
I'd probably I'd probably just have to go with my top four to be honest. And it's The Crow is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, we talked about it. Terminator Two, grew up on that. The Princess Bride. Okay. I absolutely love The Princess Bride. And then Rocky is is number four. I'd probably throw you know I and I know you said Mount Rushmore, um, but. I go back and forth with what five is for me, mm-hmm. and it's um, Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> The Town. I guess wow. it's just a Ben Affleck thing. <laughs> I watch I watch The Town so much. That's that's one of those movies I really liked it when I watched it, but I just haven't gone back. Oh, and seen I it since like it came it's it was bad. Like it, uh, I had a breakup at the end of 2019, so I was by myself, and it was on I believe it was on Hulu, and I I seriously watched it every day. For about a week straight hmm. and then one day one out of the seven days I watched the director's cut and I was like I'm never watching the director's cut again because I hated what uh, the, the changes that they made in it and then the other is um, The Departed mm. so another good movie I've only really watched once so. it's it's great and funny funny story about high school that came out when I was in high school and it got spoiled for me that everybody died in that movie. I, I feel like, you know, discussing a film that came out this long ago. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I didn't put spoilers on that. I'm doing the conversation that I had at the lunch table. But it was spoiled for me that everybody died in that movie. And then I was watching it in my parents' living room that summer. <clears throat> and when the elevator opens and Leo gets his head blown off, I was legitimately in shock. I had completely forgotten it. And then as I'm making myself a sandwich later on, I, I realized that somebody <laughs> told me that that had happened earlier, and I was really glad that I forgot. But okay. um, same question to you, sir. Well, okay, so my favorite movie of all time is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So just like right off the bat. Um, Wampa, full Wampa, or no? Doesn't matter to me. Okay. Um, um, anyway, Empire, like Empire Strikes Back. Um, and it? Uh, Star, Star Trek 09. Um, you're just, you're a big Abrams guy. Pre Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm not necessarily going to ask, um, I, I, I should have answered it like this, and it makes me think of it. Um, not necessarily like what are your favorite films, Yeah. but what directors do you more identify mm. with where it's like, they're directing a film, I want to go see this. Mm. Um... Steven Spielberg. Okay. Um, up until a couple of years ago, Christopher Nolan. Um, what was the Nolan film that turned it off for you? Tenet wasn't very good, for one. So his last movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, that so it was... wasn't Dunkirk, or... I like Dunkirk. Okay. Um, no, no, but Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg. Um, now, like, Aaron Sorkin? Okay. I like Aaron, I like Aaron Sork- Sorkin that... As a screenwriter, but also I think he he's got a good d- direct director in him. Um, David Fincher. Are we getting? Are we ever going to get the third season of Mindhunter? I've never wa- I've never watched that, so I don't know. But um, you should, you should watch that one. But like Social Network is one of my. It's probably like my least favorite film from him. Really? Okay. Okay. Right. I. He right. doesn't. He doesn't count Alien. Alien Three, so I don't count Alien Three. So, but like really, movies that I could like for my DNA, like Star Wars, Star Trek, Top Gun, Top, Top Gun's in there. Um, 
which then lead branches off into like Days of Thunder and stuff like that. Um, you big uh, well, I mean, this this makes sense now. I mean, with you talking about that, a big Mission Impossible fan as well. Yeah, I really like the third one. Of course, you like um, the third one. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. It's a good action movie. First, R.I.P. First, first one, first one's good. I've never seen the second one. Really, never seen the second one. Um, no, John Woo. No, just think about. Uh, I think the fourth one's overrated. Just think about how crazy the world would be if Mission Impossible 2 didn't exist. Because Hugh Jackman would not be Wolverine. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I, the guy who was originally cast as Wolverine had to go do that instead, right? Yeah, when did that instead. Yeah. Which is weird, because that movie came out in 2002, and the first X-Men came out in 2000. Mission Impossible 3, or Mission Impossible 2 came out in... 2002. 2000. Mission Impossible 2 came out in 2000. 2000? 2000. Huh. Okay. See, this is what happens when we go into the way, way back time machine. Yeah. If we go past 2011, it's just complete mush and we don't remember <laughs> anything. So. But yeah, uh, I haven't seen the second one. Love the third one. Have you seen every subsequent one? Is two the only one you haven't seen? Yeah, two, two's the only one I haven't seen. Fourth one is overrated. Um, I think, really liked five. I think I see like every other one. Yeah, so I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the Henry Cavill mustache one yet. So <laughs> well, that's that's what yeah that was most recent. Okay, but I liked um, Rogue Nation, which I think I saw Rogue Nation. Which so. introduced Rebecca Rebecca Hall. Is that, is that her name? She's at the, she's in Dune. Dune, yes. So her, I love her. Loved which, her. I'm gonna I'm horrible because I cannot pronounce. Is it Villeneuve? Dennis Villeneuve, the director of Dune, uh, he's he's one for me. I absolutely loved Arrival. I loved um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I just watched Dune. Daniel has yet to watch it, so probably, probably won't be watching. <laughs> Why? Just, I've seen the trailers. It just doesn't doesn't do anything. Interesting. Does that do anything? I'm I that's I mean with okay. And then this this is this this is legitimately very interesting to me because you. Saying that you identify yourself with two sci-fi franchises, <laughs> but you have not all sci-fi is created equal, my eyes. This is true, but <laughs> um, all you have to do is you know watch the prequels. <laughs> um, but with that, this is a, a big you know science fiction film, um, and it's just it. I do <laughs> I do find that interesting that you have no like desire to watch that movie it's got a great cast like and, and but you said you said the trailer doesn't yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't okay yeah right. like it, it doesn't push my buttons it doesn't doesn't get the engine engine going it's no days of thunder guys i'd watch i'd watch that every day <laughs> but anyway but we have a podcast to do yes, we he's got to watch other movies for this yeah so are we hi- are we hopping into the time machine? Oh, let's get uh, close close the doors. All right, glory. <laughs> Time machine. It's it's June 2011. Oh man, what's in the news? Anthony Weiner and John Edwards are in the news for what? Things. <laughs> <laughs> 
what happened in June 2011? Oh, you know, just sex scandals with, involving uh, uh, Anthony Weiner, former presidential candidate John Edwards, you know, that kind of stuff. We're not going to get into the details, but okay. it, it was going on in June, mid-June. In 2011. In 2011, okay. With June 9th, Super 8 came out, and a week later, Green Lantern came out. All right. In entertainment news, uh, Damon Lindelof was announced as writing an original sci-fi film for Disney, which would eventually come come out in 2015 with Tomorrowland. So I never saw that. You didn't? No. I was disappointed by it. I was disappointed by it. Uh, also, in this time, Looper was announced as coming out in September 2012. Have seen Looper. Looper is a very good film. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But anyway, that's what was going on uh, in June 2011. So let's start with this off with Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Okay. Aaron. So we, we talked last week on the, on, the, on the last show about how at one point I talked about um, Behind Enemy Lines and how it felt like a really weird movie coming out when it did. Mm -hmm. That's Green Lantern. Because it's coming out after some Marvel films? Yeah, it, it, it comes out. There's been three Marvel movies comes out. And this felt, just watching it, it felt like a mid-2000s Marvel movie. What's, like, what's funny about you saying that is that's... But that's how I described uh, Venom the first time that I saw it, to where if we were gauging this on a, on a spectrum that didn't have the MCU films before it, it would have been something that was completely acceptable. Um... I went, so at the time, again, I'm a big comic book geek, Daniel is not, Green Lantern during that time period was one of the hottest comic books. Um, it was the Jeff John. The Jeff John, the Jeff John's run. It was one of the hottest books on the shelves, and I remember um, to help promote this film, they came out, they reissued a comic book arc that he did. That was uh, Secret Origins, which was actually how I started reading the book, which is kind of him retconning uh, the Green Lantern mythos, and it had Ryan Reynolds on the cover. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. But this was also one of those films that, in 2011, there were three films that I went to go see at the movie theater, um, and I went in knowing that all three of them were going to be bad. I went to go see um, Green Lantern, The Green Hornet, and Conan the Barbarian. Okay. Green Lantern, because I went in with so low expectations, was actually better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. The Green Hornet was exactly as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and then Conan was actually worse than I thought it was going to be. Okay. And we're going to get into that later, because I'm going to make him watch this movie. And but Green Lantern, I mean, it in no way is a good film like a good a good comic book movie or one that you want to rewatch or anything but i feel like it gets a really bad rap the the things that are in it that don't work really don't work the the costumes yeah the the seat just i i would have really liked to have seen what would have happened if they would have put him in like an actual suit yeah um well, i like this i get why the well, why they went with what they did because it's a suit made of energy. Yes. So I get it, but it it, it there was no weight to it. It just it, it works was... fine when he's on Oa. When he's on Earth, it doesn't look good at all. Also, the talking about it being like a film before like the MCU. It, like, it, feel, it feels like it was filmed in two thousand five, 
and put on a shelf and re- released in 2011. If it was filmed in 2005, Nathan Fillion would have been Hal Jordan and everything would have been right in the world. That's the other thing. It's just like Ryan Reynolds does not feel like Hal Jordan to me. He's – it's just not how I ever read him or envisioned him. And Ryan Reynolds, for the most part, every film that I watch with him, it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. It just it – didn't, it didn't work for me. What did work for me was Mark Strong as yes. Sinestro. Yes, he, that, that, that's like the thing that's aged well about this movie. I, I remember when all of these comic book movies started to become a thing, I was in a group chat with some of my friends and we were doing fantasy castings for comic book films. And I put Mark Strong down as Sinestro after only seeing him in Stardust. And then he got cast as Sinestro. And it was great. The post credit scene in this movie is fantastic. It makes no sense whatsoever after <laughs> what happened. But, I mean, it's, you know, sequel bait for the Sinestro Corps War, which was a huge arc in the comic books. But what I was saying with it feeling like a movie from uh, a previous time, yeah. Fantastic Four, the that- villain was Galactus, which was a giant cloud. Yeah, and that's wow, what I, that's I what, even thought about that. And that's what Parallax was in this, <laughs> yes. which drives me insane because Parallax. Hey, 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 it's a giant cloud with a face. This is true, <laughs> um, but Parallax in the comics is not um, a guardian that went in and got consumed with fear. Uh, Parallax is this entity that, again, is fear driven, but is much more like a dragon every time that you see him. Mm. And I don't understand why they went the route they did with that design. I also hate the design of Kilowog in this film. Kilowog much looks more like a pig mm-hmm. um, in the comics. The casting is great. Michael Clark Duncan is um, is Kilowog. Jeffrey Rush is in this movie too. He is. He's Toma Ray. Which one's that? The one who looks like the fish. Oh, okay. That's Jeffrey Rush. Tim Robbins is in this film. Like, the cast is is crazy. And I think that they were trying to, you know, maybe catch up. And who, who plays Amanda Waller? Um, oh my god. Angela Bass. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the other... Like, that's, I, I forgot that that character was in this. Yes. Like, but, I was... I was I, but I, she's I, not... She's Amanda Waller in name only. She's like Dr. Waller. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being, you know, what we see her later on in the Suicide Squad films. Um, it, but... Man, just the f- when he's on Oa and training, I absolutely love it. And then pretty much everything else in this, I'm not a fan of. It, it like I mean, it's it's where this movie, this movie like comes out in 2011. At this point, the DC canon is Batman Begins, Dark Knight, this. I think you got Watchmen and like 300, but that's you know 300s not DC. It's not? No. Watchmen is though, right? Yes. Okay, so you get Watchmen had also come out in the last previous couple of years. So it, it, that's really it. It was a weird time for comic... I mean, it still is with, I mean, properties that come out. But I don't... Again, this is a, this is a two-part... This is a two-part thing, so we're not going to be staying on this this long, I don't feel like. I, I... Ultimately, I don't think it's as bad as people have made it out to be. But I don't... It's not good by any means. No, it's not. Um, also, 
like Hector Hammond, the the secondary villain in this, yeah. is another Green Lantern villain. And I know we discussed this earlier with comic book movies. They just off villains yeah. real quick. And I he doesn't do what he no not really. But I feel like he could have been a very interesting villain by himself had they gone that route. I just. I feel like they were just had too many irons in the fire and were trying to do too many things. Like Hector Hammond, he he's basically what Kirk me if I'm wrong, if if the MCU had decided to use the leader who was introduced in at the end of Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. That, that that's basically what Hector Hammond a little bit, would yeah. Be. A little bit. This the the big brained guy. Yeah. Um yeah. Um pretty much I, I don't, again, at this time, my, my Green Lantern knowledge, he wasn't a huge player at the time. They were gearing up for the uh, the Lantern War, and they were introducing all the, the different spectrums, and it was all leading to uh, Blackest Night as well. But I don't have a whole lot of knowledge of Hector okay. Hammond. I just know that, like, he doesn't get off so, so quickly. <laughs> I forgot tomorrow Morrison... Was in this movie? Yes, as Abin Sir. Abin Sir, like I, rec- I recognize his voice. Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, is that, is that Jingo Fat? Speaking of recognizing voices, how about Clancy Brown as uh, Parallax? Did that? Okay, did that? Did that? Yeah. See, that there you go. <laughs> Former Lex Luthor. Yes, the Kurgan, Mister Krabs. So, Ta- Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Future director of Thor three was in this movie as Hal's best friend. Yes, <laughs> I guess this was technical. This this had to have been the first time I ever saw him, which is very strange because the next thing I saw him in was what we do in the shadows. But again, and I mean, what's funny was when they were getting ready to hype up Free Guy. They were just like, "Oh man, I'm excited to work with you for the first time." And just totally, I I think it's I think it's great. This has become like a running gag now. Yeah, that of how bad this film is. There's the joke in Deadpool, um, the the end in Deadpool where he kills himself while <laughs> you know reading the Green Lantern script. I I just I don't know where they were going with this. Like it's one of those things where I'm sure there was an ungodly amount of studio interference, and this is probably just the beginning of. DC feeling like they were behind the eight ball when it came to Marvel and were trying to have to play catch up. Because, I mean, they, obvi- they obviously put a lot of money into this and Did had they, it- though? Did they? Because it, it, this what? movie feels so cheap. Because of, the, of, because of the, the CG? I mean, the majority there's of the movie There's is- only like two set pieces, really. Not, not counting the dogfight at the beginning, which feels like a cutscene from well, a PS2 video Well, game. here's the other thing, too, is just, like, DC films, for the most part, still don't look that great. I mean, go, you go go and watch Wonder Woman. Go watch the last fight scene in Wonder Woman. Go watch the first Justice League. Actually, don't do that, because it's <laughs> really bad. Don't do that. Um, but no, like, just movies, some movies that are, this is a, this is a perfect example of, uh, what I don't like about CGI and um, things not, again, things not having weight, but they, you know, they stacked this with a lot of talented actors, and I mean, you know, they thought they, they, thought they were going to get something out of it, and they didn't, and it became this joke, but it's 
to me, it's not as bad as it's, you know, gone down in, in history as, but it's not anything I necessarily want to watch again. It is amazing, like, how, how many pots, comic book-related pots Ryan Reynolds has had his hands in over the last, like, 12 years. Yeah. Green Lantern, X-Men Origins Wolverine, Deadpool. Deadpool Blade. Blade, R.I.P.D. Is it R.I.P.D.? R.I.P.D. That. It, I mean, he did um, Origins because he wanted to play Deadpool. Yeah. And they said that they would just do it without him if he didn't take the role. So, and then Saps, I mean, we're going to talk about it when we eventually get to Deadpool, but it's hilarious to me that that became a thing because of leaked test footage. Brian. Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, you were talking about movies that don't, don't have a lot of set pieces. Deadpool's one of them, so. Yeah, can, can we can we talk about the, the the really just awkward flashbacks to right how Jordan's dad's death? I mean, okay, so here's the thing with that. <laughs> there is I almost texted you while I was watching this movie. There is an ungodly amount of exposition in this film, and it's yeah. really funny because a lot of it comes after Ryan Reynolds says that he knows everything. Like, the ring gives him this ability to know everything. And then Jeffrey Rush's character then proceeds to just lay on more exposition for him. <laughs> even though he's supposed to know everything well, because like, of the suit. Like, I was going to say, like, especially the start of this movie. The start of this movie feels a lot like Thor. And, and like, there's, there's a voiceover narration explaining stuff. And then you, you see Oa, and it feels very much like um, the wherever Thor lives in Thor. Asgard? Asgard. <laughs> it feels very much like that. They, 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 they got similar vibes okay. in, in that way. Where's Chewbacca from? Kashyyyk. Uh, okay. I had a brain fart. Leave me alone. It's all right. I had a brain fart. Anyway, but yeah, it, feel like, it feels very Thor-esque, just as far as how the movie's introduced in, in the fantastical worlds. Oa and Asgard feel... They feel framed similar, so. Yeah. And man, just I'm now I'm thinking about it is just how much of this movie isn't real. Yeah. They're just complete scenes where it's nothing but CGI characters. Like the very like very beginning of this movie, when the three aliens fall and like wake up Parallax. Yeah. So strange. So strange. <laughs> 2011, weird, I, I, weird times. I, I remember watching this in the theater and just seeing the giant cloud of doom coming down to Earth with a face and just laughing out loud in the theater at just how just ridiculous I don't, it looks. I don't understand why they didn't make it how it is in the comic book. And that they just went with the cloud with a face. This movie, this movie's got a ton of callbacks. I mean, <laughs> you, I didn't realize it the first time I watched it, but when he goes to his uh, nephew's birthday party and has the, like the Hot Wheels track, that scene was only there for that. For the Hot Wheels track, that was only there for that. I feel like that was a, uh, well even secondary shit. Well, even that had a callback to him talking about his dad and being 
busting out his father's line that he said to him before he blew up. Then there was the loop, and then as Kilowog is training him, he does the same thing with the son as he's calling him Poozer. What cracks me up more than anything is as Hal Jordan, Ryan Reynolds, is getting ready to destroy Parallax into the sun, we later find out that there are a bunch of Green Lanterns just sitting there watching, just like, hey, what's going on? Because Sinestro, Toma Ray, and Kilowog all show up just magically after Parallax is in the sun. Just like that. That cracked me up. It's just like, you couldn't, you couldn't help me out? You couldn't help me out with any of this? Let's see how it is. But that goes, okay. And so, with this, and the end of this movie, Sinestro sees that Hal Jordan, using willpower, has successfully defeated fear. And then he still goes and puts on the yellow ring at the end of the movie. Yeah. Knowing full well that a Green Lantern, who's less trained than him, just took out Parallax. I don't I don't like that. I did like the scene where Mark Strong was talking to the Guardians and was beginning to doubt them and seeing that they were keeping secrets. I wish that they would have gone more into that, but that just goes into it being not not that kind of movie. <laughs> the so the, the Guardians, they, they, they looked like they were from a movie from the, the late 90s. They, they looked better than that. I, I wish that they were puppets. I really wish, <laughs> I really wish that they were puppets. Is that, is that it for, for Green Lantern? I'm trying to... Oh! My favorite, my favorite scene in this movie um, was when Hal flies up to Carol's office and she immediately knows who he is. Yes, I, I absolutely love that. I like how she's completely smitten, and then immediately like switches on a dime. <laughs> um, my girlfriend was watching this, or like was in and out as I was watching this, and she asked me if this is where they met. Really? Is it? Do you know? They're married now. Oh! 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 I thought you were talking about no. Oh, no, talking about, oh, no. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Uh, is this is this where they met? I think so. Okay. So something could came out of the movie. Yeah, I guess. But no, like that that, that scene felt like a reversal of like Superman like seventy eight like in okay C- Clark Superman flying up to Lois's apartment and just how did I not know to you type of the I've seen you naked. What makes you think I wouldn't recognize you just because I couldn't see your cheekbones? Yeah. That was a great. That was like a, my. The most enjoyable scene of the entire movie. The one that cracked me up was as Sinestro's training Hal Jordan, more just like beating the hell out of him. Um, Hal Jordan begins to shoot a like a machine gun at him, and Sinestro puts up a shield. It's Captain America. The shield. Captain America yeah, shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does the the toss as well, and so I thought that was that was very interesting. Which what would come out a month later? Yeah, Captain America. So, what do you rate this? What's what's the letter grade? Oh man, a C minus. If I'm being generous, a C minus. You you're nicer than I am. I give this movie a D. D for diploma. So I was gonna say I was gonna my my next option was like D plus. Right. Like that, that was it. But so um, like we talked about at the start, Martin Campbell of. 
Casino Royale, GoldenEye fame, also Edge of Darkness, the Metal Gibson movie, which was okay. Um, uh, there, a, there was, was this was this before his breakdown? Edge of Darkness was this before Mel Gibson's breakdown? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Collider had a, a a post about Martin Campbell's thoughts on Green Lantern uh, earlier this year. Did he blame studio interference? Well, uh, well, he talked to a he. Oh, here, here's what Collider says. Uh, Mark Campbell, we recently spoke to Campbell for his new film, The Protégé, and talked about the experience of making Green Lantern and why it was so difficult. Campbell explained that the studio purse strings unexpectedly tightened right before they were to go into production, so this was a cheap movie. This was a cheap movie. Anyway, okay, here's what uh, Mark Campbell said. The point about Green Lantern is that whereas with Bond, I love Bond, I love the Bond films, I really enjoyed them. It was an event for me. I'm not a comic book fan. And the truth is, I never should have done the film, but I did it because I had never done a comic book film before, so I think that the blame rests on my shoulders to a large extent. It was a big studio film, and the script was done up to par. We had Ryan Reynolds, terrific, and Blake Lively. So at least those two got together. We did create something. <laughs> Problem was, I remember in the last six to eight weeks, weeks of pre-production, every day, and I mean every day, we had meetings about cutting the budget. We need to cut the budget. How are we going to cut the budget? Every day. And I had worked out a terrific ending for that movie. I remember I had this, this quite big office down in New Orleans, the, the production offices. And I plastered the walls with storyboards. It was like wallpaper everywhere for the ending of the, of the movie. And they came in and said, we can't afford it. You have to cut it all. So in the end, they came up with that, that crap ending. However, having said that, I never should have done it. But I did it. I don't think I did a good job. So for me, superhero movies, there are better people than me who ought to be doing those movies. So that's a refreshing amount of honesty <laughs> in hindsight. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of people are just owning up to their failure. I, I feel if they were doing anything other than that, they'd just be lying to themselves and to everybody else. So. Oh, when you said it's weird how the, like, the, those other three lanterns just show up? Yep. So, as for that original ending, Campbell, Campbell said that it would have been the Lanterns taking on a convo as opposed to what's in the finished film, which is basically Hal Jordan taking on Parallax by himself. Campbell said, To be honest, there was a battle in the streets between the four Lanterns, between our heroes, Kilowog, Sinestro, and obviously Ryan Reynolds, and blah blah, taking on a huge kind of monster that was taking over the city. And it was, it was really the magni magnific Magnificent Seven in a way, or the Magnificent Four. However, it did not come to pass, so there we are. So... People die in the Magnificent Seven. When people died in Green Lantern? Well, I mean, the heroes die in Magnificent yeah. Seven. It's one of the things that's nice about that film, is it's realistic in that way. Mm. We'll get into that here in a second, my thoughts on a movie that we're going to be watching, or that we watched as well on this double feature, and how I feel like maybe some people should have died. But, <laughs> but we'll get there. Is there anything else on, on Green Lantern? It, it's, it's not a good movie. Are you, are you looking forward to the Green Lantern show? Yeah, well, if it, if it actually happens, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. Give it, give it a shot? I mean, it's not going to have Diggle in it, as far as I know, so that's awkward. <laughs> it's, not, it's not in that, that universe. But it, you teased, they teased it at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's, it's, like, it's, it's not in the Arrowverse. So... Oh, well. Anyway, 
time time for part two of uh, this episode where we talk about J.J. Abrams Super 8. And let's... All right, Aaron. So, I, as we've discussed already on the show multiple times, I like a good chunk of J.J. Abrams' filmography. Is there a J.J. Abrams film not named Rise of Skywalker that you don't like? I only like half of Force Awakens. Okay. So, <laughs> it's just him doing Star Wars that you don't like. Well, like, which is weird, because after, you know, Star Trek 09 came out, I was like, he should do a Star Wars movie. And then he did a Star Wars movie, but he was just redoing Star Wars. Um, and, yeah, it did, didn't work out to my... But anyway, that's not... We'll get there eventually. We'll, we'll get there. Um, but no, like, Super 8. I, th- this is the only movie J.J. Abrams has done that wasn't part of a franchise or anything. This is, like, purely J.J. Abrams. Like, this is the closest you're, you'll get to an independent film made by J.J. Abrams. Okay. Produced by Steven Spielberg. Yes. So. This this felt like him trying to be Spielberg. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is obviously his his attempt at a E.T. film. It's, it's, it's his ode to a whole era of filmmaking. This movie does absolutely nothing for me. Wow. I mean, so I'm... It's, it's, it's a good film. It looks fantastic. Um, the actors are doing great. This is one of those movies where the, the kid actors don't annoy, annoy me oh, or no, anything. This, like, I feel like this is a great prelude to Stranger Things. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring this up. Like, if you're going to pit two, like... Ensemble children casts against each other. It's Super Eight and Strange Stranger Things. Um, but I I saw this. I'd seen this movie one time before I did the rewatch, and it's just it's there. It has nothing that's super memorable to me. Wow. Again, like I, I watched this. I literally finished this the day that we're recording, and there's not a lot of it that just is sticking with me. I don't, I, this isn't a movie that's going to stick with me. What, like, what, 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 why, why is that? Like, what? Just nothing, nothing really resonates with me in this. I just, again, we were, we were discussing um, the, it's a prelude to Stranger Things. Yeah. And I feel like Stranger Things did what Super 8 is doing better than Super 8 did. I disagree. Okay. Like, and that, that's, I, why, that's why I, we I have this... Like, I, I can't even like give you like plot points for really from Stranger Things. See, and that's like, that's how I'm that's how I'm with this. It's hey, um, my mom died. It was this guy's fault. My dad hates him. They never really get into that, other than just being like, it was an accident. I forgive you. Now that our kids are in trouble, um, well, my my dad's like, my dad's a drunk. I I don't feel like they played necessarily into that enough. No one believes me. Um, just well, this. Here, here's what, what I find interesting about this movie is that it, it, it's a combination of like two different things. Like there, there's a version of this movie where the alien doesn't show up, where it's just like a coming of age drama that takes place in a midwestern town involving this this, this conflict between a, a kid and his dad and this this 
girl and her dad over over the, the death of the mom, mm-hmm. but nothing ever gets resolved because the dad's gonna send his son off to the military camp. But it was a baseball camp. Was it a baseball camp? Yeah, coaches. It's a baseball camp. Oh. I thought it was a military camp. No, it was a baseball camp. Alright, there we go. Anyway, a camp. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Why do I remember these things? Well, I don't know. But but anyway, like but then the, the alien shows up, creates creates all this conflict that and brings these characters together in a way that, that they wouldn't have otherwise. Which I, I like about this. Um, movie, um, and then like the the scene with with Kyle, Kyle Chandler, uh, Joe's dad, and the the guy who plays uh, L. Fanning's yes. dad, like the, like them sitting in that car looking for their kids and having this moment that that would never have happened otherwise unless the the alien train accident happens. So I I, I like that I like that I like that element of it of it. It's what what blew my mind was just he's been hold I mean he's been holding on to this for so long and then he's just it was an accident. Like that that's what you say in, in that situation. It's just it seemed like we're gonna just skate over this. I understand in the situation you're looking for your kids, but that really like took me out of it. Um and then what does work for me though is them trying to film this movie. Yeah. I I find that very, very fun, and the things that they're trying to do with that. I had to look and see when this movie took place, um, because in... It's 78, isn't it? 78 or 79. Mm-hmm. I think it's 79. Because he's got a Halloween poster in his room, and a Dawn of the Dead in his room, and then at the end of the movie, when during the credits, when they're showing his film mm-hmm. that that he made, which is great, and that that's honestly the most enjoyable part of the movie for me, is just seeing all the horrendous cuts that are <laughs> that are made in it. But the the chemical factory where the zombies are coming from are it's the Romero. Factory, which George A. Romero is the director yeah. of, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. So I thought I thought that was interesting. I understand everything that J.J. Abrams was trying to do in this, and it's not just this movie to me just does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. It it looks it looks great. It is shot great. J.J. Uh, Abrams is a fantastic director with what he puts on screen. Like I don't mind lens flare. Oh yeah, I'm glad you say that because everyone like wants to bring it up. It's just it's just no. an aesthetic choice. Yeah. That's it. That's and it, all and it, it is. And it, and it worked. It worked in. But I understood what he was trying to do. But I mean, ET is not one of my favorite Spielberg movies either. So I don't like ET. I'm not. Gonna, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna enjoy Super Eight. So, um, but no, it's it's fine. Just again, like I said, it does it does nothing for me, and unfortunately, it's not something that I can go into super detail and and discuss because it's not something I. It's just there, so. Well, like like go, go like going back to like the the children cast like the, 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 these kids like Joe Lamb's friends like remind me of some of my friends like this this feels like a very realistic, believable friend group. 
of, of junior high students. Have, like, have any of them done anything other than fanning? No, yeah, Joe, the, the kid who plays Joe Lamb, he, yeah, he's been in stuff. He's been in uh, some Netflix stuff okay. recently. Um, Char- Charles, the, the kid who's making his movie, he was only in, in one other thing ever after this and it was the same year he was like in an R.L. Stein TV series episode okay but like which surprised me because he was really good um and he went and played football instead okay of, of acting um the pyromaniac kid uh he was in, he's been in some stuff I remember him being in an episode of Community a couple of years or so okay after this um or around the same time um but you're, yeah, really, it's really just been the main kid, Joe, and Al Fanning that's been in stuff right. after this, which is really incredible because the entire group is really, they really did, good. They, they did do well. Uh, I cannot remember his name, but the actor who plays Joe's dad. Kyle Chandler. Yes. I, I feel like he's got a lock on playing the dad who doesn't quite understand his child. <laughs> um because later on he's in the second and third of the Godzilla films that have come out recently, and he plays okay. and he plays. Uh, going back to Stranger Things, he plays Eleven's father in Godzilla: King of Monsters. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I haven't seen King of Kings of, Kings, Kings of Monsters. But I forgot he was in that. Like this, this came out of the era, era like when Friday Night Lights was. Was on thing. and people. I know. I know people love that show. And oh, Kyle Chandler. He, he he's my coach. Coach. I think it's Coach Taylor, maybe or something like that. But I, I've been a Kyle Chandler fan since early edition. Okay. See this. Do, do, do you remember early yeah, edition? No. I think the first thing I ever really remember seeing him in was King Kong. King Kong. He was in King Kong. Yeah. He's the he's the actor. In King Kong. Okay. I, I mean, I've never seen which, which King now, Kong, which is so. which is now funny to you. Never seen King Kong? No, I haven't. I saw I saw Skull Island, but I didn't see King Kong. Okay. Well, which which interesting now is that he was in King Kong and then he was in Godzilla vs Kong. Uh, okay. So he's he's now been in two <laughs> Kong films. But no, uh, early edition was a CBS uh, drama back in the late '90s where uh, he he played Gary Hopson, okay, a guy who got. Tomorrow's newspaper today, and it's about him trying to prevent the bad things that would were going to be in the headlines in tomorrow's newspaper. They did it not have the winning lottery numbers. <laughs> they, they, they actually there there was at least a couple episode, episodes where they kind of like addressed like him wh- why he doesn't take advantage of stuff like that. Um, but no, that, that that was a show that me and my family watched a lot that I okay. really really like. I've never. So. Again, it's with what we're what we're talk, going to be talking about later on in this this season with person of interest. I've never been a huge network television person. There's not a lot of TV shows. I mean, maybe Castle was the one that I watched with my folks, but there there weren't a lot of ones where I I watched them on a regular regular basis. So it makes it makes sense that I didn't know about that one. Okay, uh, I'm surprised, but yeah, like that was yeah, like '97 to like '99. '90s TV was weird. Oh, oh, definitely. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> but 
But no, I do like like Kyle Chandler's never been like an action star, but like in this movie, he gets like two minutes to be like an action movie. Yeah, movie he, gets, guy. He, gets, he gets to be he gets to be the chief. He punches people in the face, you know. He, he, he knocks out the soldier. Yeah, then, Hop, he, then he shoots the Hopper does Hopper does yeah. the same thing. Yeah, he, he gets kind of a, yeah a Hopper moment, yeah. I guess. The, I really wanted a scene in this movie where one of the other kids just stops Charles and goes, goes man, stop trying to make Mint a thing. <laughs> it was it was a thing back then. Was it? Yeah. It's like heavy. I've okay. I've I've never heard anyone reference this is heavy outside of its usage in Back to the Future. It was. I mean, it was a phrase that people were using back then. I've never heard anyone say that. All right. Like I mean, I mean it's, it's like oh yeah, we were saying that all the no, time. No, it's not like Fetch and Mean Girls. You know, they're not. <laughs> I'm not trying to make that happen. Um, speaking of '90s TV and Super Eight. It did crack me up that the son from Seventh Heaven was in this. <laughs> like him, him being him trying to sell like pot, and also like the there was there was one like he was a definite highlight of this movie to me. Hey, um, hey, hey. I can get back to the disco. <laughs> that that was great. Um, can can you get this back in a day? Nobody can do a day talking about film like that's hilarious to me. Um, the bit where he's just he sees that the kids are all alive after you know being in the school and he's just like I'm really stoned <laughs> that I mean that that was funny we're, we're, we, we talked about good usage, usages of the F word yes yes he pulls up the crash night he goes yes that was that what? was <laughs> that was a that was a great but again crash, crash site how did none of those kids die Oh, no, no, the, the thing, t- ten years later, the thing that, the one thing that t- pisses me off about this movie is, like, how did the, the, the professor, teacher, scientist dude not immediately die when his truck and the, and He's had, he had the that, train... He had that, he had that plot armor, but, I mean, <laughs> no, but, and then the car is okay, there's, like, there's no damage to the car that they took... <laughs> All the kids are okay. The only time that the kid gets hurt is when they go into the war zone later on. Yeah. Had there been, like, any injury whatsoever to any of the kids in the beginning, would have helped it out a little bit in, in my eyes. Another thing why I think this movie doesn't necessarily stick with me is nothing necessarily has weight where only the... The army, uh, the the bad guys are the ones that get killed by this creature. You think that he's you know killing people at the beginning of it, and then he's not really doing that. Um, I think that might be one of the things where it goes into the horror element a little bit, and then it's yeah. just like everything's okay, we're all good, guys. And to me, that I think that might be something that's hindering it for me. I think I think he ultimately kills the cop the sheriff the sheriff at the end and the one girl I think he just no he just tosses the girl he grabs her and just like throws mm-hmm. her behind him so we, you don't really know what happens to her but I, I think he kills the, the sheriff we don't find out what happened to the, the gas station Kid, kids having their own stereos man it's all downhill after that <laughs> just listen to some blondie man you need to pay attention 
I, 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 do, I do think this movie's got a great soundtrack. My, Michael G, Gino Kino's score is really good. For me, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and just give it my letter grade. It's a C. Wow. Just a very average film for me. It's nothing I'm ever going to watch again. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. The first real disagreement on... Uh, is this an A? Is this an A plus for you? B plus. B plus? B plus. I, I, like, I don't know, like, maybe, maybe this might just be a genera- generational thing where, where you, which is a positive of the show that you've been wanting mm-hmm. to explore. Like, I like E.T. I think it's a really good movie. I'm, I'm older than you. I, I grew up with E.T. It was just, it was not, for me, if I'm listing off, like, the Spielberg filmography, it's very near to the bottom. I understand why people enjoy it. It's just... I love Reese's Pieces. It's just not. It's just not for me. I love the ride. I love the ride at Universal back when they had it. I didn't know there was an ET ride. There was an ET ride at Universal. But I like just, just from this, like the start of the movie, like um, very effective storytelling with the no accident since going however many days down to zero. That's really good. Then just going straight into the the, the wake wake scene. I I, I love that. Um, just the interactions between all the everyone in this movie has good chemistry with each other. Yes, like I don't think there's a single bad casting choice in this. Like Noah Emmerich, who's one of my like my favorite character actors, um, as the the military leader, great. Um, I think really the only weakness might be the scientist character, because um, uh, he, he doesn't do much. But, He's just there to move the plot forward. Yeah, um, but he's got. <laughs> Uh, armor, the plot armor on. I like that. I'm, that. That was great. But um, I, well, I really don't. I think the ending of the movie's rushed. It, 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 it goes straight from them rescuing Elle Fanning's character straight to oh, time for the alien to leave. So th- that's. It's just, you know, I I understand. I do understand why why people like it. It's just not a thing. We were talking about wheelhouses at the beginning of this movie, and it's this is not in my wheelhouse. This isn't this isn't something. I mean, I didn't even see this movie at the movie theater. And I saw this at you know renting it at Hastings. So pour one up for Hastings. Yep. But I I feel as if what this movie did later on, and I'm sure we're going to discuss it. I think Stranger Things pulled it off better. There's, a, there's lots of good, there's a lot of good stuff with Stranger Things. Um, and I'm talking about Stranger Things season one. I'm not talking about later on and just okay. as a one one self-contained story. But okay. the the other thing with that is one's a two hour film and the other one's eight hours of television. Which you can from, do a lot more mm-hmm. with that. You can do a lot more. So, all right, I guess that that's our review of. Super 8, our first real di- disagreement on catching up with yeah. Aaron and Daniel. Oddly enough, um, the uh, the scores that I gave were D and C. DC, Green Lantern. There we go. Hey! Anyway. Sorry. Sorry for that. But uh, yeah, I think it's time to head back in this time machine and go back to 2021. Uh, all right, so all right, we're back in uh, October 
2021, and we have a lot to talk about. Yes. We have a lot to talk about. So, uh, within the last week and a half or so, uh, DC had their Fandome event. They did. Event. Uh, they should have just called it the Bat Dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, that, that's, that was the headliner. What, I mean, was there anything out of this that you saw that wasn't related to Batman that you were excited about? The, the the peacekeeper peacemaker okay. show peacekeeper the that, television show with with John Cena? Cena I didn't see that you didn't see the trailer for it? I didn't know okay yeah yeah that's a trailer for it I, I couldn't see him why not because he's John Cena oh <laughs> <laughs> sorry I am looking forward to that I'm a big I'm a big James Gunn fan but but it really like but the main event was the Batman trailer so what what were your General takeaway. I don't need to see another trailer before that movie comes out. I don't want to see another trailer before okay. that movie comes out. Um, I very much enjoy Matt Reeves. He's a fantastic writer and director. I've really enjoyed the last two Planet of the Apes films that he did. I'm looking forward to... Just the cast of that movie looks ridiculous. And I really hope I can just go in blind now I don't want to see anything or get any more plot points I'm just I'm I'm hoping that this one is the is the film where we get Batman being the world's greatest detective yeah I, I feel like that's one of the things that they're leaning into one of the things that I did uh think was pretty cool though with this trailer it reminded me a lot of the, the Mandalorian where he's just walking down the hallway and just everybody's like you know, blasting it with guns, and he's just still, you know, walking down the hallway being Batman. Just immediately made me think of uh, the Mandalorian with that. But I can't wait. I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. We're, we're, we're like this, this is one thing I've I've had talked with a couple of friends since it's like on the the spectrum of you know live action Batman project slash the animated series. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this will like be, like in relation to like I guess like the Christopher Nolan, Ben Affleck, like where where is it? I'm not. This is not quality. Are we? But I'm not, like talking like tone. Like where do you think this sits on that? Uh, that this is gonna be a very dark film. This is tonally. I feel this will be in the vein of the Nolan trilogy, maybe a little bit darker. Um. I, I'm 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 just excited to see what he brings to the character. And then while we were discussing the different Batman right there, there was another trailer that involved Batman. Yeah. Which I am stupid excited about. Well, not I, not so much Ezra Miller. Yeah. But like I, I like Michael Keaton's my Batman. I I get that. Like I, I think like I like 89 Batman I like it didn't like Batman Returns um that is that is a film that is not for everyone it yeah well, it's also really like that was a one that I really enjoy but I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned how much it looks like it was filmed on a soundstage and now that's all I can think of and see when I watch Batman Returns so, it, it, it's, it's on a soundstage Mm. Like all of the sets, everything, 
And then another thing that really bothered me was then I went and watched Sleepy Hollow, another Tim Burton film, and it feels the exact same way. Mm. So, but, I mean, just hearing Michael Keaton do the voiceover, seeing the cow from behind, the tease with the, the 89 Batmobile, just... Like, in my, like, personally, like, I thought they could have done a much better job on a teaser. Like, as a... What, like, what, give, with what? what they, they've what, been filming that for a what while. Do you, what, else, what else do you need to see? What else do you need to see for a teaser? I, I just, what else do you need to see for a teaser? <laughs> it just could have been better. I'm not. Like, what, what do you need to see for a felt, teaser? Felt like a very low effort teaser. What What makes it? What did you want to see in the teaser? Oh wait, are you saying that you want to see more? <laughs> oh, oh hey guys, guess what? The, the flash trailer, the flash teaser trailer did its job. But I, 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 like, no, I, I'm excited, despite my in, indifference to the Keaton era as, as a whole, I'm excited for that. I, I want to see Michael Keaton's Batman interacting with Ben Affleck's Batman. That's going to be a trip. That's going to be awesome. I feel like Ben Affleck got a really raw deal. Oh, yeah, everyone, with... everyone did. Everyone that was cast in the, those Justice League movies got a raw deal. Who's... Who's the actor who played Cyborg? Oh, especially him. Especially him. Yes. I, I, Ray Fisher. Yes. I did, I did go back and I, I watched the, the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut. Um, but seeing all the Cyborg stuff that was in that movie, it was just... It was really good. It was. And mm-hmm. then it, it's just... I. It, I, I still don't understand. Like, the the Snyder Cut... Oh man, it's because we're talking about DC. we got to yeah. talk about the, the Snyder Cut with it. Um, that's not... Obviously not the original movie that was going to be coming out because he gets to do this in the lens of, you know, hindsight and what works. But it just blows my mind that they probably had a good 95% of that movie in the can already and we're saying we're going to go this other route and then what they ended up putting out. Yeah. Like, Cyborg would have been the heart of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. And I understand them not wanting to do, you know, a super long movie or anything, but, again, that just goes into DC, what we were talking about earlier with DC feeling like they were always behind the eight ball with Marvel, where they didn't give us a cyborg film to make us care about this character beforehand yeah. and had to, you know, shoehorn him into the team team movie. That's why a lot of people don't like Age of Ultron. So you have the opportunity to see one right now. The Batman or the Flash movie. Which one do you the choose? The Batman. Really? Why? Because I really like Matt Reeves. <laughs> okay. I like Matt I like that cast a lot more, even liking Michael Keaton. I don't like Ezra Miller. He does nothing for me. Okay. Him as um, Barry Allen is very annoying to me. <laughs> so, I thought I, I, I like his Barry Allen. I'm I'm going to see the the Flash film because of Michael Keaton, not because of Ezra Miller. Well, the one thing for like for the Flash, I hope it's not like like just twenty minutes or something. Of the movie. I hope I hope he's there for a good. It's, it sounds version. like it sounds like he's. He, 
describing stuff that's going on in the beginning of the film. So I don't I don't necessarily know how long he's going to be there. You know, maybe this might just be the the lead in. We get that him back as Bruce, and we can get our Batman Beyond movie. Yes, that that if there's a, ever a project that, that absolutely made a hundred percent sense, it's especially now. I mean, I remember back in the day we were discussing how great it would be if you know Clint Eastwood played played old uh, Bruce Wayne. What? How great would that have been? I don't. Ugh. Yeah. Who who brought up Clint Eastwood? I did. Old old Clint Eastwood playing not obviously not now. But like when we were in high school, is this the conversation we had? No, this was okay. this was a conversation I had. We were just like, "How do you make Bat- Batman Beyond into a movie these days?" And it was just like, "Who would play Bruce?" And I was like, "Clint Eastwood." No, anyway, but no, yeah, I'm the Batman. Yeah, that comes out in March. I don't know. I I don't know when movies come out anymore. They <laughs> they keep pushing everything around. So, but all right. So we talked about. Well, we very briefly talked about the Peacemaker, but I think like that the Peacemaker feels feels like it's sort of in the same vein as like the boys to a degree. But I think I think Peacemaker is going to be or Peacekeeper, whatever it's called, Peacekeeper, Peacekeeper, Peacekeeper. Um, my apologies. Um, I think it's going to be more fun than than the boys. Yeah, you don't think the boys is fun? It has its moments, but it, it it's it's it it could be a bit much. That's that's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I'm curious if this is going to be one of those ones how the Suicide Squad felt where it was James Gunn without the handcuffs, and I'm very curious how many episodes he wrote and directed he's, of this series. He has said how much, but I, I don't remember. So it's it's James Gunn and John Cena on on a streaming service that I have. I'll be watching it. I, I do like the the the, the dynamic it teased, where he thinks he's a big deal, but the general public has no idea like who he is. That's why I worked for the suicide. That's why I worked for the Suicide Squad. I'm excited to see Vigilante in in this. I thought that was a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about like D-list comic book heroes. Uh, that's going to be it's going to be interesting. So all right, so. Another DC-related item that was announced yesterday. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday, October 26th. So, Brendan Fraser is going to be in the Batgirl movie. Yes, as Firefly. I don't know who... Wait, was Firefly in one of the Arkham games? He was. Okay. I'm... He's already in a DC property for me, so I don't necessarily know how I feel about this. It's like if you want Brendan Fraser in DC, just watch Doom Patrol. It's on HBO Max and it's fantastic. So, but I, I do, I do, I do like. I, I outside of the Arkham game, I know nothing about Firefly, but I just know that Brendan Fraser's in it, so I'm immediately interested at this point. When did the when did this all like start up again? The, the Brendan Fraser love, the Brendan Brendan Fraser Renaissance. Yes. Like when when did did he become like when did he become a meme? Because I mean, I was watching Doom Patrol and it didn't really seem like anybody really cared. And then was it was it this year, a year and a half ago, is when it really started? I think it started. No, he he was cast in a TV show a few years ago on FX, 
there was like a like a different version. Do you, do you remember the the movie that 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 Kevin Spacey had originally been in, but then he got replaced? That like, yes, yes. Well, there was the the TV version of that same story. Okay. That Brendan Fraser was cast in. Okay. And I think that's when it kind of kind of started. Kind of started. Um. Then oh. he gets then he gets Doom Patrol. He was recently in a a show that aired internationally with Tom Welling of Smallville fame called the the this professional. And then he's doing. He was filming a Scorsese film, correct? In Oklahoma? I don't know. Okay. So, on uh, the last episode, we talked about uh, the future Star Wars Star Wars TV series. We did. Including uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which will feature... Hayden Christensen. As Anakin Skywalker. And it turns out, Disney wants to pay that man... Even more. Even more money. Write that man a check and give him the chance to play this character without George Lucas. And... We're going to get him a little bit more at some at some point in the future. He's going to be Hayden Christensen. Is going to be Anakin Skywalker in the Ahsoka series. Give me more Clone Wars flashbacks. That's all I want. I just want Clone Wars flashbacks. Never going to get a live action Clone Wars show. We hardly got it in the movies. Just give me Clone Wars flashbacks. Young, young Ahsoka, let's do it. Make it happen. That that. Yeah, it's either gonna be like, it can be flashback. I don't want Force Ghost. I don't want anything of that. I don't want voiceovers. Nope, just straight up. Force Clone Ghosts. Wars. Force Clone Ghosts. Wars flashbacks. We already got a really bad Force Ghost in Return of the Jedi. Don't get me going on special editions. <laughs> so, yep, Hayden Christensen's coming back. So, write that man a check. I'm so glad he's getting like this a second wind. So so glad. After 15 years of unwarranted venom, you know what? You know what? If they really want to do something, they'll bring Jar Jar back in the Mandalorian. That's what they'll do. Let's get Darth Jar Jar going. All right, let's make him the big bad. Hayden Christensen and Ahsoka. That like if the only two projects that make sense to bring him back would be the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and the Ahsoka show in some, in some capacity yeah. so I, I have, have you read the, the Thrawn trilogy the original, the original Thrawn? Thrawn trilogy yes okay so spoilers for The Bad Batch season one I don't want spoilers you don't want spoilers I don't want spoilers do not give me any spoilers and especially if they relate to Thrawn do not give me any spoilers so <sighs> I will watch it. I will watch it eventually. Thrawn's my boy, so I'm in. I'm almost finished with, with the new Thrawn trilogy, and I've got the two new books, the two newest books, the prequel books, to that one as well. So, yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'll get there. Especially, it's not directly related to Thrawn. Well, I mean, it's it's an element that was in. I don't the know. original the original Thrawn trilogy. That's it. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Don't do this to me, man. So, speaking of Thrawn real quick, and with Mandalorian, since we mentioned that, um, the episode with Ahsoka, when Thrawn was mentioned, I legitimately jumped off of my couch, and it was the first time, like, my girlfriend's, like, seen me punch dance in the living room, because I was (laughs) so stupid excited. Because I was was definitely thinking it was going to be another character that she was asking about, and then it ends up being Thrawn, and 
I lost it for that. So I think, I think you mentioned this. Yeah. Last episode. But speaking of punch dancing out of excitement, how about getting or punch dancing out of rage with some pushbacks with what Marvel's done? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that not not Marvel, Disney, Disney. So. Okay. Yes. Um, so if you had your calendar planned out, much like I did for next year, it's definitely taken a hit. So what what are the what are the Disney films that have been pushed back? Well, let's let's start with Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, instead of coming out on March twenty fifth of twenty twenty two, it's coming out on May May sixth, uh, taking the spot of Thor: Love and Thunder, which has now been pushed back to July eighth, twenty twenty two. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, has now been moved to November. Oh, has been moved from November eleventh, two thousand twenty-two, to February seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. Uh, so also, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's that's a, that's a mouthful. Uh, has been moved to July twenty-eighth, twenty have we gotten an Indian? I know Indiana Jones Five got pushed back as well. Yes, that has been moved back. It, okay, Indiana Jones was moved from July of next year, July 29th, twenty twenty-two, to June thirtieth, twenty twenty-three. So a year. So pushed back a year. A year, which is disappointing because they're deep into filming that. Yes. So um, that, that that like of all these, that's that's the one that I'm most upset over. Indiana Jones 5? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm excited. So. But no, he, he like, he's, he's the same age as my, my, my grandma, my mom's mom. She just turned 80. So they were both, both born in 1941. So okay. Harrison Ford's 80. Uh, and so when this movie comes out. <laughs> Harrison Ford's 80 years old. He's still punching people in the face. Oh, man. He, 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 I think he's probably in better physical than most 80 year old year probably olds. probably but but for everything I've seen the, the movie like will include like I'm guessing like e- either a flashback sequence or a cold open that takes place um, during World War 2 and so we're gonna get like so we're finally getting the World War 2 like Indiana Jones movie that when they were describing it as you can see my dog is super excited about the fact that we're finally getting Indiana Jones in World War 2 so Indiana Jones 4, that film, them discussing everything that he did during World War II, I was just like, I want to watch that movie. I don't care about any of this. Come on. Shia LaBeouf, gophers, surviving nuclear blasts in a fridge, monkey swinging, giant ants, aliens. It's like, no, just give me Indiana Jones in World War II. I want to see him punch Adolf Hitler in the face and then beat him to death with his signed copy of his father's journal. That's what I want to see. Right. So what, what, like, as we close out this episode, what have you been watching recently? Not, not related to, the, to okay. this podcast. So, I saw Dune. He's not going to talk about it because he's probably never going to watch it. But I'm very excited that it got uh, greenlit for part two. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I also went to go see Halloween Kills with my girlfriend and how we discussed all the goodwill that 
X-Men First Class gave to the X-Men franchise. Mm-hmm. I feel as if the 2018 Halloween film did that for the Halloween franchise by scraping away everything. And then I went to go see Halloween Kills, and it was very much a letdown. And I'm, I will see the third act because I'm two-thirds invested, much how I was with The Hobbit, but... I went from being very excited after Halloween 2018 to being very meh and disappointed after watching Halloween Kills. So, but what about you? What have you been watching? I saw No Time to Die. Okay, I have not seen that yet. So it's, I, in the grand scheme of the Daniel Craig era, um, it's better than Spectre, better than... Spectre? Spectre, not Spectre. Better than uh, Quantum Solace, but I still think Quantum Casino Royale is far and away the, the, the best one, and Skyfall is number two, so it's right there. Okay. Right there in the middle. Um, so hopefully you'll, you'll talk about it. You'll, you'll see it soon, so we can maybe get, get into it deeper. My, my dad and I go to see all of uh, the James Bond films at the movie theater together, and his birthday's coming up, so I plan on taking him to go see that. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I didn't think anybody would ever take the place of Sean Connery as my favorite Bond, but Daniel Craig is, is definitely my favorite Bond. He's... I enjoy Quantum of Solace more than a lot of other people. I, I thought it was very interesting, the fact that it was the first direct sequel to any Bond film. Yeah. So, and then if you go into it with the writer's strike that was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, Casino Royale is... Fantastic! It's it's my favorite Bond film. It's obviously my favorite Daniel Craig um, Bond movie. And then, it, has, um, it has my favorite, like, if not my favorite, one of my favorite, like, just ends to a movie mm-hmm. where where he, he shoots Mister White and he, he you hear him walking up and the music, the Bond themes mm-hmm. is building and building and he goes, "James Bond, James Bond." Yep. End of movie. Like, that's just, like, James Bond is now fully formed. And then, uh, and then Sky Falls, just the Dark Knight with, with James Bond. So. Also the Avengers. Definitely more so Dark Knight than, than the Avengers. But I mean, you know, a lot of people say Casino Royale is, uh, James Bond doing a Bourne movie, so. I also watched uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Shaft from 2000 for the first time. With Christian Bale? Yeah. I did not know Christian Bale was in it until I was watching it. I was completely shocked. I had never heard Christian Bale's name referenced in relation to that movie. Completely took me off guard. Also, Elizabeth Banks is is a background character at one point. So. Did, did you see the new movie Shaft? Not the yet. same name. Are you gonna watch the new movie Shaft? Probably. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I thought I thought you heard it here, folks. Daniel will watch Shaft, but Dune just doesn't do it for him. <laughs> but I thought I thought I thought Shaft was was uh, it was pretty good. Have you ever seen the original Shaft? No. Um, Have you watched any of those like? 70s black exploitation films. Black Dynamite count? Yes, yes, it does. Um, did you see uh, My Name is Dolomite, the Netflix yeah. film? That, yeah, I did. Yeah. It, was it was a very, very good film. Uh, I watched Spy Game. 
with uh, Robert, Red, Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. Yeah. I thought it was a really, really interesting spy movie. One that then involves largely flashbacks, but when it's in the present, is mostly kind of like a bottle episode to a degree. Robert Redford makes the movie. Um, he does that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a weird movie because it, it comes out in 2001, but it takes place in 1991 and fe- features flashbacks to like 1975 and like the early 80s. And so you're seeing like an old Robert Redford um, play, trying, to, trying to play a younger version of himself in 1975, and then you, but you have like movies from 1975 where you can see Robert, Robert Redford and what he really looked like. Yep. In the seventies, and it's it's kind of kind of hard to. to they weren't they weren't de aging people no. twenty years ago. Oh, well, they weren't. So. They weren't. But um, I've also been watching the recently canceled Why the Last Man on Hulu. I, I was I was wanting to watch that, and then you know I I'm one of those people that was looking forward to it for a very long time, but with the move and um, do watching stuff for this it. I just never found time, and then I heard it was canceled. And I hope it. I hope it does find another platform. So I'm old enough to remember, like when Shia LaBeouf was what, was it was attached to it. Attached to that like two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand eight. It, it fell apart in nine. Okay. But like he he was attached to it to the star and DJ Caruso who directed uh, Disturbia and Eagle Eye was going to direct it. But yeah, it fell apart in nine. So it's been a long yeah, it has been, been a very, very long, long time. time. So, but no, I've I've enjoyed the show. Like I really have. It's very very cinematic. Got got a really good cast. The- so that that will do it for this episode of catching up with Aaron and Daniel. What is the fourth episode? The fourth episode. We're going back to a single feature. Single, single feature. Si- single single movie. Uh, this time it'll be Joe Johnson's Captain America, the first the, Avenger. The first Avenger. Is he the? Yeah, he is. I was for some reason, despite the fact that it took place in World War Two, I sometimes was like, "Is Captain Marvel technically the first Avenger?" <laughs> I'm just like, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. So, so yeah, I'm me too. It, it's one of my uh, favorite MCU movies. But uh, you can email us, guys, if you're listening at catchinguppod at gmail.com. Please let us know your thoughts on the movies we talked about in this episode or any previous movie. Uh, or Captain America the First Avenger. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Daniel McFadden. You can follow, follow Aaron at AB Cohurst on Twitter. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, follow at Catching Up 2011. We're fairly active on that. Would love it if you guys would uh, you know write us in. You can tell us what you think of uh, the show or movies that we're discussing on there as well. Um, we are on YouTube as well. At, yeah, youtube.com slash Daniel McFadden. That, that's, yeah, that's where it's at. Yep. So so feel feel free to subscribe, like, and share um, our videos on that channel as well. And your favorite podcasting platform. Yes. So. Um, also, if you could, write us a review. Let us know what you think. If we're doing, uh, if we're doing an okay job, we're still, you know, getting used to this and trying to get better every single episode. We would love to hear from you guys. So, yeah, I'm Dale McFadden. I'm Aaron Cohurst. This has been Catching Up with Aaron, da- Aaron Daniel. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs>